You just knew that the Vancouver Canucks were going to respond, and boy, oh boy, did they ever in an emphatic way. Welcome back, everybody, to Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, August 25th, 2020, and this is your post-game pod for Game 2 of the second round between the Golden Knights and the Canucks, won by Vancouver by a score of 5-2. to two. I'm Danny Webster, your host, and I do appreciate you stopping by for tonight's episode. We didn't do a pregame pod because I figured if this game ended quicker, quickly enough, I should say, uh, we would be able to get a postgame pod out in relatively nice fashion. And alas, that is what we are doing because we need to talk about the Canucks just flipping the script completely of Game 1. Uh, it, it was a complete dominant effort by the Golden Knights in Game 1. They they controlled all three phases of the game. They put on a four-checking clinic. Robin Leonard was great. Everything that could have gone right for the Golden Knights did go right in Game 1. Game 2, however, completely different situation, complete flip of the script. The Canucks got on the board a minute and a half in because Tyler Toffoli decided, you know what, now's the time I'm going to play. And he goes out nine seconds into his first shift and he scores a goal, his first goal since the 2014 playoffs when he was a member of the Los Angeles Kings. 129 in, the Canucks are on the board and we're off and running. Now, the thing about this is that when you look at how the Golden Knights played in this game, the first period, they were completely abysmal. It did not look like that they were ready to play, and they spotted Vancouver a 2-0 lead out of the gates when Bo Horvat scored about six seconds into the power play to give Vancouver a 2-0 lead. Now, the Golden Knights made a habit of coming back from multi-goal deficits throughout these playoffs. It's one thing to do it in a round robin where the games might not mean as much early on, but it's a whole nother thing when you're in the second round of the playoffs and you're playing like that. And the Canucks really just took it to the Golden Knights in the first period. They punched them in the mouth. They were not intimidated by them. Very physical from the onset, and they made life very difficult for Robin Leonard, which did not help by the way that the Golden Knights played in front of him. Go to the second period, Golden Knights get on the board because Alex Tuck knows how to score goals in the postseason, and he does it again off a great flip from Shea Theodore. Nick Waugh corrals it, gets it to Tuck. He fires it past Markstrom. It's a 2-1 game, and this all of a sudden is the turning point in the Golden Knights game in the second period. They put the foot on the pedal, and they just started taking it to the Canucks in the four-checking department, much like they did in game one. The only difference this time was Jacob Markstrom was absolutely fantastic. The Golden Knights had two power plays in the second period, and Markstrom came up big with about six to eight saves in those power plays to keep the game at two to one. And then we get to the end of the second period, about a minute plus to go, and Elias Pettersson is doing Elias Pettersson things. He wins the draw on William Carlson, sneaks through the defense. Alex Edler feeds him with a beautiful pass, Pedersen all alone in front of Leonard, goes right, goes left, makes Leonard do the splits, puts it in the net, 3-1, to one, Vancouver, steals all the momentum, restores a two-goal lead, heading into the third period, and then 18 seconds into said third period, the Golden Knights forget how to play defense and are flailing around like a bunch of fish on the ice. Uh, Bo Horvat scores his second of the game, makes it 4-1, to one. Pacioretty scored a power play very late into the third period to make it 4-2, but Tanner Pearson's empty net goal. Toward the end, 5-2 final. The Canucks are on the board in this series, tied at a game apiece. Now, <laughs> uh, great game by the Canucks. 
I think that needs to be the number one thing we need to focus on here. The Canucks responded greatly. And this has really been the the Canucks M.O. throughout this entire postseason. You go back to the qualifying round against Minnesota. They get punched in the mouth in game one, and they respond with three straight wins. Uh, going against, um, who do they play in this, in the first round? I can't even remember now. That, oh yeah, I forgot. They knocked out the defending champs in, this, in the first round. You see, see what happens when you don't know what day it is and you just left wondering what is going on in the time space continuum. That's about me right now. Uh, they knock out the blues in six games, but now that they go up two nothing to start St. Louis comes back, wins the next two. And all of a sudden it's like, well, the veteran team should have the momentum here. And Vancouver responds by winning game five and game six. Much of the same this time. The Canucks get punched in the mouth in game one, come back with a dominant response in game two. Uh, you know, in the shot department, maybe not the most dominant area. The Golden Knights completely outclassed the Canucks in the shot department. But what the Canucks did that the Golden Knights didn't do was block twice as many shots. 40 shots blocked by the Canucks in this game. They were putting their bodies on the line in very opportune situations to keep the Golden Knights from only from getting more than two goals. And, of course, that helped with Jacob Markstrom making some ridiculous saves midway through the second period and even in the third to make sure the game wasn't uh, within reach for Vegas. Uh, you put all that together, and Vancouver played an outstanding game. At the same time, the Golden Knights also played a very horrendous game, especially, and, and I use the word humbled, on Twitter, because the Golden Knights haven't been humbled to this point. Uh, they've lost a game, obviously, in the postseason. They've now lost two, but it's been a long time, even dating back to the pause, it's been a long time since the Golden Knights have had to be humbled in a big time situation. And that's exactly what I thought the Golden Knights were tonight. They got humbled, they were outclassed in every facet by the Canucks. They jumped on Vegas very early. And they made Vegas look like a bunch of JV players on this night, because we've talked before about the lack of a de- the lack of attention to detail, the lack of defensive liability, the willingness to make the little things right when they need to play their game, and it was a complete collapse from Vegas. Com- complete collapse. You give up two goals to a Vancouver offense as a that is as electric. And as dynamic as they are while being young, you give them hope, it's gonna be a trouble, it's gonna be a troublesome time. Vegas got punked in this game. They felt very good after game one, getting a shutout, you know, chirping on the bench, Ryan Reeves, you know, doing his little motions to Antoine Roussel, you know, Jonathan Marceau getting in the act getting into the act when it comes to chirping and whatnot. Vancouver did not let that affect them. They came out immediately a minute twenty-nine in because of Tyler Toffoli and responded by punching Vegas right back into the mouth. And I know that there's still a lot of hockey left to go here at the same time, while Vegas might be the better team and Vegas might be the deeper team. You cannot give this Vancouver team life. You cannot give these young teams a chance to feel like they are in a series. And that's why Especially if you're Vegas, you want to end this in five because you don't want to go into that back-to-back between games five and game six, knowing that this could possibly be a 3-2 series and everything is just going, you just throw everything out the window. You cannot have that. You cannot, under any circumstances, give this team life. And the Golden Knights played absolutely horrendous. You look at the the first goal, I mean, you can't even blame 
you de- I don't know if you can really blame the collective Golden Knights. Shea Theodore got beat by Pedersen. Pedersen circles around the net, and Alec Martinez steps away for Tapoli for one second, and then Tapoli's all alone with the open net in the crease to give him the lead. The second goal, a lot of standing around on the penalty kill. Uh, to me, how Tyler Toffoli just camps behind the goal with literally nobody around him, and he's playing like the invisible man. You let him get all alone, and you let Bo Horvat just all of a sudden just come out of the frame and get a wide-open shot on Leonard. That, that's inexcusable. The third goal by Pedersen, a lot went wrong there. Number one, Carlson losing the draw, which you don't want, obviously. But second, Carlson falls asleep. He lets Pedersen get by him. Pedersen could have probably made a sandwich while he did that deke, and it could and it could have ended in the same way. Max Pacioretty, you look at him, he barely skated on that face after that draw. Did not look good at all. And then the fourth goal, obviously, the the defensive breakdown, just the the unwillingness to play cohesively I guess is what I'm trying to say and you put all that together you can't bl- you cannot blame Robin Leonard for this one you absolutely cannot much like the goals that Leonard has given up to this point you cannot blame him for and this is the problem with the Golden Knights and we've seen this for many stretches up to this point Vegas has done a great job at keeping the shot attempts from the opposition very limited. They have done a terrific job to this point, not allowing a lot of shots. The problem is, is that the shots that these teams are getting are grade A dangerous chances. And if you're capitalizing on the grade A dangerous chances, you're more than likely going to run into a problem. And for the Golden Knights, they have got to be a lot better at attention to detail. They've got to play a little bit. They got to play a full 60 minutes, basically, is what I'm trying to say. If they could put together that second period throughout an entire game, they're going to be good to beat. And even Mark Stone said it after the game. You spot them two goals. It's hard to come back from two goals. Vegas had to do that, has had to do that a lot in these playoffs to this point. They had to do it against Chicago multiple times. Right now, I mean, obviously there's no need to panic and there's no need to be overtly concerned. But these are the kind of games would make you wonder, this team is supposed to be way better than it is and it has a rough game like this, how do the Golden Knights respond? They're very capable at responding. There's no question about that. But you get punched in the mouth the way that you did, and you're feeling all good and all confident after game one. How do you respond? And that is going to be the key for Vegas, knowing how they got to respond. They've got to play a much better 60 minutes, and really they have got to make sure they do not give Vancouver life because now Vancouver becomes the home team in this series. And quite frankly, you know, it may not make as much of a difference being the home team, but again, being tied one, one is a whole lot different than two Oh is pretty much the end game of what I'm trying to get to. So gold Knights lose five to two tonight. We'll discuss a little bit more of this game in just a little bit. Friends, it's that time of the show again where I talk to you about rockauto.com and obviously rockauto.com is the number one place where you can get the parts for your car that you're looking for that you cannot find at any other auto part store. RockAuto.com is a family-run business for more, over 20 years. RockAuto.com has all of your auto and body parts needs from hundreds of manufacturers, no matter what it be, whether you're looking for a taillight, a piece of carpet, anything that you're looking for, they've got you covered. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. 
quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like i lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like i had a long day at work or sorry honey i'm just not feeling it but with roman it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication it's simple safe and totally discreet with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. All you got to do is go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. And as a reminder, friends, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21 if you'd like, or if you want to send an email, you can also do so to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com where you can send in your reader question or your listener question. Yeah, you're not reading a podcast. You're listening to a podcast. See what happens when you try and record an episode late at night. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, you can send in your listener questions for potential mailbags. You can also send in, in your feedback on the show if you'd like. You can also leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if that does suit your fancy. That's greatly appreciated. And yeah, appreciate you listening for sure. So let's talk more about this game because right now I think... When you look at Twitter, you look at social media in general, emotions are high, and you can understand that because you look at this team going against a novice playoff team like Vancouver, and you're like, well, we should be winning this this series. If you're a Golden Knights fan, you're like, well, we should be winning. This series should not be tied 1-1 as it is, and the Golden Knights really should have won game two. The problem with it is, and I talked about it before, it's just the attention to detail. And I know it's it's not as... It's not as glamorous as like, you know, the advanced stats that, you know, I talked about it before with advanced numbers and just how that process can feel. But really, it when it comes down to it, when you watch a game for 60 minutes, it is as simple as saying, well, they got to clean up the little things and they got to play a lot better in their defensive end. It, that, that literally is the case for the Golden Knights. If you take away those couple of turnovers that led to goals or a couple of turnovers that led to breakaway opportunities, you could look at those and say, well, if this happened, if they took this out and this out, it probably wouldn't have been a better game. And it's easy. It's also as simple as saying, well, you look at the goals that Vegas gave up, especially the three key goals in this game. And when they happened, you look at Toffoli's goal in the first period, 129 into the first period. That's way too early of a, of a goal to be giving up in this kind of a game. Then the second goal, the, the the other important goal, Pedersen's goal, happens with a little over a minute to go in the second period. And that is a backbreaker because considering how Vegas played in that second period and how as good as they were, to allow a goal like that is a complete deflator, if you want to look at it in those terms. And then the third goal I'm talking about, the one 18 seconds into the period, where it was a complete defensive breakdown and you got five guys all puck watching and nobody playing the back end. Yeah, you do not want to give up those goals in that kind of a situation. And I mean, you look back to last year, the Golden Knights, when they were up against the Sharks, there were so many instances, and I'm pointing primarily to games three and game four, where Vegas came out strong and they scored within a minute, 
less than a minute into the period. And of course, that changed the, the complexion of a lot of those games. In this situation, that's exactly what it is. And Vegas usually isn't, they're not normally the team that has to deal with these quick strikes. You give a team like that early strikes, you give them enough confidence that they can stay in a game like that, and you give them the opportunity to attack on more because of the inept play in the defensive end, all of that adds to one gigantic recipe for disaster for Vegas. So how do you clean it up? Again, it's that simple. Do the little things right. I think it's a good thing to have a quick turnaround, and we talked about this before. It's good to have a quick turnaround heading in from game two to game three. And really for the rest of this series, there's going to be quick turnarounds every other day. The only difference here is that now, since you've got that, you're not up three, nothing like you were in Chicago in game four. You gave Chicago a little bit of hope knowing they can come back in game five with the potentially to extend with the potential to extend the series, which Chicago also almost did this time around one, one apiece. game three is Thursday. It's the same puck drop at six forty five. And now you, the pressure really is on Vegas to come back and put on another performance like this. The pressure could also be on Vancouver. Like, hey, you did this once. Can you do it again? The thing is with Vancouver, they're more of a high-end skilled team to where it wouldn't take much to put them in that situation to strike again if need be. The Golden Knights are going to need to come out quickly and have a good start on Thursday, they're going to need to jump out and play the exact same way they did in game one because you do not want to give this team life. It, it It is, again, as simple as that. You cannot let Vancouver, with the high-end skill they have of Elias Pettersson, uh, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, you cannot give this team a chance to win. And the Golden Knights let a huge opportunity slip. Because this game was as it was eerily similar to game four against Chicago. They let up the two goals. They score one to get one back. The problem, though, is that what happened with Vegas was that they let Markstrom get settled. When you let a goaltender who is that good and that talented get settled with a two goal lead, he can let up one unless you are literally just forcing yourself into the crease, into the net, to make life hell for Jacob Markstrom, which they did not. A lot of the they got a lot of good shots off. And I mentioned earlier that the way that Markstrom played in that second period was spectacular. After giving up that goal, Vegas had numerous chances to tie this game up. And the one in particular that I'm looking at was at the tail end of a power play. Alec Martinez with a cross-eyes pass to William Carlson in the right circle. And if Carlson settles this puck down a little bit quicker, this is a goal. But Markstrom still had to go from right to left, make the save, and the Canucks continue their ways. And then, of course, you put up 22 shots to seven in the second period. And then you're left alone with Pedersen doing what he did toward the tail end. And it just completely throws off your game. Like, to me, I look at it from... The Golden Knights had a chance to really put a stranglehold on this series, but now they know that if their goaltender continues to play at a high level and if their skill guys can make life hell for Vegas, Vancouver is not out of this series by a long shot. And that's why there's still a lot of people, maybe not as high as you know one might expect it, but there are people who believe that Vancouver can win this series. And it's because of the high-end talent and it's because of the guys that they have 
that can make plays. And if Jacob Markstrom can continue to play at the way that he did in this game, Vancouver is going to be a very tough out. So the Golden Knights, it, it is literally that simple. Go out, do the simple things. You got this in game three. But if you do not respond in game three, there's going to be some trouble. And I'm telling you right now, the trouble is going to start in goal because it might not be Robin Leonard's fault, but you're going to need a spark. You are going to need a spark. You are going to need to find a way to put this game out of reach as quickly as possible. And I don't know if they're going to go to Marc-Andre Fleury in game three. I wouldn't because again, goals, not his fault. The team did not play well in front of him. So you, you go back to Leonard and see what you can do. But if you do not perform in game three, and if you somehow lose that game, then oh, Twitter's going to be a very unbearable place, isn't it? It's going to be a very unbearable place. So back to doing the little things right, get get it together, play a better 60 minutes, and then the game will take care of itself. That's it really, it, it is, hockey sometimes is just that simple. This podcast is brought to you in part by DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash, the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering's easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. That's right, $5 off your zero delivery fees and your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, only one other game today, guys. The uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have drawn even with their series against the Boston Bruins. 4-3 winner in overtime, Andre Palat with the game winner. Uh, in overtime, Boston had to come back to tie it with less than four to go, and Brad Marchand and the top line continued, continued to deliver. This series is going to get really exciting now. I mean, now that Tampa has finally found the way to get by Yaro Halak, uh, it, it was very weird for me to listen to the pre to the post game broadcast, or at least going into overtime between Tampa and Boston, and then talking about okay, well for Game Three, who do you start in net if you're Boston? Are you really telling me? that there is a conversation to go with uh, Dan Vladar over Yaro Halak. I mean, I, is that really a thing? I, I don't know if that should be a thing, to be honest with you. I mean, no disrespect to Yaro Halak. He's been fantastic, and he's been fantastic so far. But, I mean, are we really debating whether to go with him or Vladar or even go for, you know, you know Max Legacy? I mean, I mean, I mean, what are we talking about here? Tuka Rask left the bubble. He's gone. You have to roll with Yaro Halak literally the whole way if you want your best chance to win. I would not feel comfortable rolling Dan Vladar out for game three. That sounds nearly dangerous and team suicide, if you ask me. So if you're Boston, you got to roll with it. You got to keep Halak in there and you've got to just play your game and hope that he responds in game three, which again, Boston being the home team, that's likely the way that they can go. But I don't see Boston making a change in net if it comes to that. It just wouldn't make sense. Uh, elsewhere around the league, the Dallas Stars with a 2 to nothing series lead 
over the Colorado Avalanche with a 5-2 victory themselves last night. Man, we, you know, I tweeted it last night. Maybe it was a little bit premature of me. We're on a collision course for the Dallas-Vegas conference final that I've dreamed of, and it'd be in a damn bubble. How sad is that for me? Because I want to be in Dallas for a conference final. I'd like to be in Vegas for a conference final. That, that would just be all the great things happening, but I don't think we're going to make it to that point. And that's really quite sad, if you ask me. Uh, but the Stars look great. Their offense has risen. If their offense is continuing to do this kind of thing, Colorado's in trouble. And they're already down. You know, They're down Gru Bauer. They're down Eric Johnson. They're, they're down a couple of key guys right now. If Dallas can keep the foot on the pedal, they could end this series this week. Like I, I know it's hard to count out Colorado, but if Dallas's offense has finally found its groove and Anton Kudobin is the savior that they've needed, why not? And by the way, Anton Kudobin's going to make himself a boatload of money this offseason. Like you thought Robin Leonard was going to start commanding some money. Anton Kudobin's going to be a pretty rich man come this offseason. The New York Islanders also shut out the Philadelphia Flyers 4-0 the other night, and Semyon Varlamov continues to be the the favorite for the Conn Smythe. And I'm telling you right now, and it's just between you and me, guys, I think the Islanders might be the best team in the Eastern Conference. I'm just saying. Like, they look so good right now in all three phases. Goaltending, obviously, has been fantastic. Defensively, they're punching teams in the mouth. And they're getting contributions from Anthony Beauvillier, Josh Bailey, Matt Barzal continues to do his thing. The Islanders are good, man. The Islanders are very, very good. Also, a trade to announce today. Didn't think we were going to get a trade today. But uh, the Leafs and the Penguins completed a multiplayer trade that also was centered around the 15th overall pick of this year's draft. Kasperi Kapanen is on his way from Toronto to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh sends over, actually, I can probably get the terms of the agreement right now. Um, Also, considering for Pittsburgh, they also grabbed Pontus Auberg and Jesper Lindgren from the Leafs. It's a a very interesting haul. The Maple Leafs acquire Evan Rodriguez, who Pittsburgh got in a trade with Buffalo, David Worsofsky, Philip Hollander, and the 15th overall pick in this year's draft. Now, Obviously, when it comes to drafts, we're, we're a ways away from figuring out if this draft was good, if this draft was great, if this draft was horrible. The Pittsburgh Penguins are just saying, no, screw this. We're not going into any draft at all at any point because we're just going to trade all of our draft picks. They have traded their last two first round draft picks to acquire Jason Zucker and Kasperi Kapanen. I don't know if Jim Rutherford's time in Pittsburgh continues to dwindle down, but I am telling you, it is not a good look, especially with Pittsburgh getting bounced in the first round, or at least this this time, the qualifying round, and an early playoff exit, I should say, for the second year in a row. Ever since they lost to Washington in the second round, it has been pretty much an all-out bleh fest if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And that trade, I I just, I don't know what Jim Rutherford's doing. But I, I look at that trade and I'm like, you know what? I think Toronto might have won it. And they get a first-round pick out of the deal. They clear some cap space. And from what it seemed like early on in the day, it looked like Jack Johnson was going to be a part of that deal. If Jack Johnson was included in the, in, the, uh, in the deal for Toronto, 
my thought would have been, well, Toronto lost the deal all by itself because why in the world are you asking for Jack Johnson in return? Um, but they didn't. They got a first-round pick. They also got a really good prospect in the deal, and they also got a guy who could be a very good middle six, bottom six kind of scorer in Rodriguez. So not a bad deal for Toronto, kind of a deal for Pittsburgh. Let's see how that translates. But that was a very interesting trade to see this early in the morning. So good to see that business is still booming in the world of the NHL, even in the bubble. And with that, friends, that is your look around the league. And that is going to do it for me for this day. This podcast is going up a little late. We're going to try and get another show out tomorrow. It depends on uh, what we have to discuss. Um, but Thursday might be the same type of situation. We might be looking at a late post-game pod or at worst, it might go up Friday We'll see how it goes. Um, We'll keep you posted on Twitter if anything is to change. So that'll do it for me, everybody. Thank you for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing. All that jazz is greatly appreciated. Thanks to our sponsors today, RomanRockAuto.com. And, of course, DoorDash. DoorDash, you are awesome, awesome people. So that'll do it for me, guys. Thank you very much. We'll see you back later and more than likely tomorrow. Until next time, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked On Golden Knights part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a good night, everybody.